This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Hey, everybody. Maddie Safaya here with shortwave reporter Emily Kwong. hey So today we have a listener questions episode. Whoop, whoop. I, I genuinely love trying to answer all of your questions. And this one is all about influenza, a.k.a. the flu. The flu infects a lot of people every year. It's hard to say just how many, but according to the CDC's current estimate, between 37 and 43 million people in the United States got infected last flu season. Wild. That's roughly the population of the entire state of California. Right. And year after year, we have this battle with the flu. And that's partially because there are a lot of flu viruses out there, and they are constantly changing. So here's how that works. When the flu makes little copies of itself, which it does over and over really fast, there can be mutations in their DNA that can kind of change the virus enough that our bodies can't recognize it anymore, or a vaccine doesn't work against it. And that's one of the reasons why we have to get the flu vaccine every single year. There's constantly this changing of flu viruses that render people over time susceptible to getting reinfected. So it's sort of like evolution on a really fast scale. That's Dr. Nicole Bouvier. She works at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Dr. Bouvier, you treat patients, but you also do research on the flu as well, right? I do. That's kind of like showing off a little bit at this point. <laughs> Well, it's the best of both worlds, I think, because I really like patients, but I don't like waking up early. So the lab is perfect for that. (laughs) So today on the show, we'll be answering your questions about how to tell if you have the flu, what's up with the flu vaccine, and why you shouldn't freak out if your arm hurts after getting the flu shot. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. It's called protein degradation. And if you're a bad protein in a cancer cell, you'd better get your affairs in order. Because now, thanks to Dana-Farber's foundational work, protein degradation can target cancer-causing proteins and destroy them right inside the cell. This approach is making a difference in multiple myeloma and other blood cancers and is how Dana-Farber is working to treat previously untreatable cancers. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Breast cancer cells multiply faster because of CDK4-6 proteins. But what if blocking those proteins and stopping runaway cell division was possible? Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Dana-Farber's momentum of discovery keeps finding new ways to outmaneuver cancer. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Okay, Emily, our first listener question is all about figuring out whether or not you actually have the flu. Okay, just kidding. I'm fine. Go on. Hello, NPR. This is Pilani Mpofu. What distinguishes the flu from a common cold? Okay, so what makes the flu different than the common cold? So the first thing to know is that the flu and the cold are caused by different viruses, right? But they're both respiratory infections, meaning they affect your mouth and lungs and nose, like where air is exchanged. And the cold pretty much only messes with you in that area. Here's what Dr. Bouvier said. 
So all the symptoms that you experience, things like a runny nose or a sore throat, sneezing, coughing, they're all sort of referable directly to the respiratory tract. But the flu is much worse than the common cold, right? Right. The flu is garbage. It doesn't just stop at your respiratory tract. It, like, takes it all around the building. Oh, dear. So with influenza, you get sort of what we call systemic symptoms, which are things like fever, lethargy, not feeling like eating, feeling like you get hit by a truck, muscle Mm, aches, headaches Mm -hmm. that um, really with a common cold you tend not to get. Right. And the flu sometimes also kind of has a fever where the cold you wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. So that's fever is sort of the cardinal systemic symptom that we look for with influenza. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, it's so common that... In flu season, uh, you know, when you know that flu is circulating in your community, if somebody has a fever and a cough, they have something like an 80 percent likelihood of having influenza. Okay, next question. What do we got? Okay, Kwong, here's a question for you. What's the best way to prevent the flu? I know this. It's the flu shot. I did receive mine this year. Yes. Nailed it. That's what the CDC says. They're like, go get your flu shot. And a lot of our listeners were asking us about the safety of the flu shot. And we're talking like the needle in the arm flu shot kind. So I asked Dr. Bouvier about it. So can you get the flu from the flu shot? No. Okay. (laughs) Why is that? So the process of making a flu shot starts with actual real live viruses that are used to infect eggs because Mm -hmm. they grow very well in eggs. But the processing of the eggs after the virus has grown involves multiple steps of killing the virus, separating the virus into tiny little bits and pieces, and then scooping out the bits that are important for the vaccine Mm -hmm. so that after all that process is done, there's no virus left. And even if there was, right, you're putting it in your arm, which is like there's no arm flu out there. Exactly. Influenza viruses are designed or, or optimized to infect your respiratory tract. If you put them somewhere else, they're not going to do what they do. They're not going to be able to grow the same way that they are in your respiratory tract, and you're not going to get the symptoms that you get. So bottom line, the flu shot, it's pretty impossible to get the flu from it is what I'm gathering. Completely impossible. Okay, got it. What else do our dear shortwave listeners want to know about the flu? Okay, this question comes from Laura Sims in Lilburn, Georgia. So I got the shot a couple weeks ago, didn't hurt, no big deal. A couple hours later, pain radiated all the way up to my shoulder and it stayed that way for almost a day. So what's happening after the injection that is making my arm sore? So I asked Dr. Bouvier in a very professional manner, is it because you've just been stabbed in the arm? That's part of it. I mean, <laughs> the, the needle is quite small. Mm-hmm. But you are putting a small amount of liquid into a small volume into a place that normally doesn't have something in it. So the other thing is you're essentially providing like little chunks of this virus to your immune system in your muscle. So in some cases, the symptoms that you experience after getting the flu shot are actually signs that your immune system is recognizing and adapting to those viral particles in the vaccine. And that's actually a good thing. So, for instance, if you get a fever after a vaccine. It doesn't mean that you've gotten the flu from the flu vaccine. It means that your immune system is responding appropriately to the pathogen and sending out the alert signals to other parts of your immune system that then cause you to have a fever. Right. So you shouldn't freak out if you feel... Not at all. Awesome. So when my arm hurts after the flu shot, which it did this year, I should have just kissed my arm and been proud of my immune system. You should have. You should be, Kwong proud. Okay. So our next set of questions were really interesting. Basically, how the flu shot is made and how effective it is. 
So remember how I said there are lots of types of flu virus out there? Yeah. Taylor Trevathan from Greenville, South Carolina here, and what I've always wondered is how do epidemiologists determine what strains of flu to vaccinate against? So a lot of that is led by the World Health Organization. Mm -hmm. The WHO has influenza surveillance sites throughout the whole world, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, all over the place. And what these sites do is they sample flu viruses from people. Wow. And they characterize them in terms of what kind of immune response you would need in order to prevent yourself from getting that virus. And also they do sequencing to look at the the genetic code of the virus. Mm -hmm. And twice a year, once for the Northern Hemisphere and once for the Southern Hemisphere, WHO convenes an expert panel of these surveillance sites and everybody shares their data and they try to sort of make essentially an educated guess as to where the virus is going and what will show up the next winter. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the only thing that's predictable about flu is that it's unpredictable. And we do our best, but we don't always get it 100% right. Relatable. Hashtag shortwave. (laughs) This is fascinating, but how effective is the eventual vaccine once it's made in actually preventing people from getting the flu? So it's like a huge range, right? The CDC says it generally lands somewhere in the 40 to 60 percent range when we've picked the right strains of flu to vaccinate against. 40 to 60 percent effective? Yeah. So let's say we're having a good year, right? Like a 50 percent year. Okay. It's a little bit more complicated than this. But basically, of all the people that got the flu shot and Mm -hmm. then got exposed to the virus, half of them would get sick. Oh, got it. Although I have to say it's not as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about, the flu is really tricky. It's a sneaky little snake that changes its protein so we can't (laughs) recognize it. And the same goes for the vaccine. But what I really liked about talking to Dr. Bouvier is the way she was really frank with us about how good the flu shot is. She basically said, like, look, it is not perfect, but it is certainly better than not getting it. So if the flu shot can't protect you from all strains of the flu, why should we get it? So what the flu shot can do is it can prevent a certain proportion of people from getting flu at all. Right. And in the people who still get flu despite having the flu shot, it actually can make you less sick than you would have been if you didn't get the flu shot at all. You know, if you were going to be in bed for three days, you might be in bed for two days. Right. So you even if you get the flu after the flu shot, you're going to feel potentially less like garbage. Yes. I'm on board with not feeling like garbage. Yeah. (laughs) That's the goal. And it's mostly been shown in patients that are at a really high risk of complications because that's easier to study. But doctors like Dr. Bouvier think that's probably true for healthy young folks just like you, Emily. You know, the other reason to get a flu shot if you are young and healthy and don't think getting flu is a big deal is that you are the person who could be passing the virus on to somebody for whom it could be a big deal. Like, you know, your 90-year-old grandmother or your sister's brand new baby or your aunt who has cancer. And those people who are at higher risk of complications, you don't want to be the one who then goes ahead and gives them the flu. And that's something that young, healthy people don't always think about, but it is actually a really important part of vaccination is that you're not just protecting yourself, you're protecting other people who either can't get the vaccine themselves or for whatever reason, they won't respond to it quite as well. 
So thank you to Dr. Bouvier for walking us through some flu questions from you all, the listeners. And thank you, listeners, for sending in questions to prompt this episode. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, you can email us at shortwave at npr.org. I'm Emily Kwong. And I'm Maddie Safaya. And this episode was produced by Britt Hansen and edited by Viet Le. Get your flu shot, Viet. This has been NPR Shortwave. We'll see you tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express Business. The Enhanced Amex Business Gold Card is packed with benefits, like four times points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ShipBob. E-commerce logistics making you question why you started your business? Time to outsource fulfillment to the experts over at ShipBob. Get a free quote at shipbob.com. ShipBob. We can see not a single state. We can see not a single boat. The new podcast, Landslide. The forgotten story of how a presidential race led to today's parties and division. Winning the presidency is the most important thing, but how much do you do to win it? Landslide, part of the NPR Network. Subscribe now.